you have the chance to win a Spring Super Sweeps from LAist. Donate $60 for one entry to win a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Check out all the other prizes too when you donate now at LAist.com sweeps. Start your Saturday with something that will grow your kiddos' brains and get their creative juices flowing. Join us at LAS in Pasadena for a morning of multilingual readings, interactive performances, and lots of kid fun. It's Super Fun Saturday on June 1st. Get your tickets at LAS.com slash events. It's Air Talk. I'm Larry Mantle. NPR's Here and Now is coming up in just over 20 minutes. The latest in the extension of the ceasefire in Gaza. We'll get more information on that as well as release of Israeli hostages. But right now we turn our attention on this Southern California history segment that we do every Monday to the history of Griffith Park, which is wild indeed, appropriately for the wildlands of Griffith Park. Joining us is Mike Eberts, author of Griffith Park, A Centennial History, and Casey Schreiner, founder of the site Modern Hiker and author of Discovering Griffith Park, A Local's Guide. Casey and Mike, good to have you both with us. We appreciate it very much. Hey, great to be here. Uh, Mike, Happy me, to be here, too. Uh, Mike, let me start with you because we're familiar with the name Griffith. The park is named for Kurt. Griffith J. Griffith. But let's go back before that to Rancho Los Feliz. So what, what's our earliest understanding about this property that uh, sits smack dab in the heart of Los Angeles? Right. It, it was uh, one of the ranchos during the Spanish era. And then uh, uh, as uh, California became part of Mexico, it became uh, a, a Mexican uh, land grant. In the early American era, uh, the wealth generating value of the property was not terribly matched with the property tax rate. Hmm. And so you had folks who were very land rich, but couldn't quite afford their land. You couldn't make money on those great views yet. <laughs> well, <laughs> so to... well, especially, yeah. I mean, you, you couldn't get water up the hills. And it wasn't really grazing land. Now, there was some agriculture around the area where the zoo is? Yes, yes. If you know the topog uh, topography of the park, uh, as you get to that bend in the L.A. River near the zoo and the Autry Museum, it's it's flat, and there's a water source right next to it. Okay, so that so there was a little bit of revenue generating there. So uh, th then, what happens um, when um, it it transforms becomes Griffith's property? How does he lay claim to it? Well, uh, Griffith purchased the property. He probably exaggerated the pur purchase price. It was kind of his personality. Uh, he he took uh, some years. Uh, trying to make money out of it. Uh, for example, uh, in the uh, 1880s, uh, ostrich farms were, were quite popular in Southern California. Because of the plumage uh, from right, the birds. Right, right. And part of South fashion. Pasadena had a ostrich farm. Uh, and the first park-like thing was uh, an ostrich farm with a gentleman named uh, Dr. Sketchley. And <laughs> it became... It became uh, so popular that a a little uh, rail line was built from around where Boudry and Sunset would be today, near downtown, uh, up what would be Sunset, up what, what now is Griffith Park Boulevard, into the park, uh, and out to Burbank. 
Uh, unfortunately, the the ostrich farm was gone after a few years. Uh, Burbank survived, though. Yeah. <laughs> and so what led Griffith to then donate the property to the city of Los Angeles? Well, he you could kind of sense that he was getting more and more desperate of how, how am I going to make money off this? Um, uh, after the ostrich farm uh, 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 ended, he he even uh, entered into a contract with a gentleman named uh, Mosquera who thought that there might be gold doubloons uh, on the property around the old zoo. And Griffith said, fine, you know, <laughs> give me a cut of the proceeds if you find anything. And that was uh, um, like within a year uh, of him uh, giving the, the original 3,000 acres to the city. And did he envision that there would be an observatory on it, that there would be a Greek theater, that there would be these these landmarks, not just open space? Y- yes. And, and as a matter of fact, he, he helped make it happen. I mean, he, I, I think one of the inspirations I get out of Colonel Griffith is you don't have to be a perfect person to do great things. I mean, he, he was kind of a flawed guy. But, but... Uh, he did have a sense of bringing art and science to what he called the plain people. Well, you know what, what today we'd, we'd call the average Joe. And he he studied uh, the idea of having an observatory and gave money for it. Uh, uh, it was members of the East Hollywood Improvement Association, the forerunner to today's uh, Los Feliz neighborhood group, uh, who kind of cajoled him into giving money for the Greek theater. Um, Wasn't there a period, though, where the city didn't want to accept it because he he went to jail because of his attack on his wife? Right, right. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, he had his ideas about the observatory, and it, 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 it seemed like... In the last years of his life, the city went into a bit of a stall that they they didn't want his fingerprints, his his ideas uh, all over it. And as it turned out, it was probably a good idea because originally the observatory was going to be on on top of Mount Hollywood hmm. uh, and it was folks were going to get there by funicular railway. Well, that became kind of unfeasible after a while, and several years after the colonel had passed, his his dutiful son, Van Griffith, signed off on a court decision saying, well, the colonel wanted the observatory to be on Mount Hollywood, not necessarily on top of Mount Hollywood, and that's how we have it where it is today. We're talking with Mike Eberts, author of Griffith Park, a centennial history. If you have questions about the history of its 4,300 acres, five times bigger than New York Central Park, we're at 866-893-5722, 866-893-5722. You can also email us at atcomments at las.com. Please include your location and first name. Um, Griffith spent, was it a couple years at San Quentin for the attack on his Mm -hmm. wife? Right. Uh, He was apparently something of a sneak drinker, and he was uh, a bit delusional. Uh, He thought his wife was conspiring with the Pope against him? To steal his money, yes, yes. And uh, Tina Griffith... uh, 
it sounds like she was agile and quick thinking. Uh, she threw herself out the window of uh, the, the hotel suite that they were staying in, and she landed on the awning a floor below. And that just so happened to be right next to where the, the hotel manager and his, and his wife lived, and they pulled her in uh, wow. to safety. This was in Santa Monica, as I yes. recall. Is that mm-hmm. right? Correct. All right. Um, Mike, also, I, I've heard that there was uh, a curse that was put on the property. Do you know anything about the, this? The, the curse of the Felices. Yes, yes. Uh, this was at a time when, as I mentioned, that, that having a lot of property was <laughs> was you know kind of a financial inconvenience and, and and the story has it that Don Antonio Felis was dying in the early 1860s of uh, of smallpox and that uh, a, a local lawyer and another gentleman visited him uh, and got Don Vincente to agree to changes on the will uh, in, in fact the story even has it that a stick was attached to the back of his head so that he could nod his assent um, Don Vincente's uh, niece, uh, Petronella, uh, she was left out of getting anything and uh, uh, is believed to have placed a, a, a curse on the land. And so uh, it ended up continuing, regardless of whether it was the curse or not, being unproductive financially, yeah. which well, which led to the gift uh, well, to the true, city. True, yeah. So so who knows? So, Maybe there was something to it. I, I do have a curse story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Back when I was doing my, my book in, in the late 90s, it was a rainy winter evening. And it was one of those evenings when ah, very, very few people were hiking in Griffith Park. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to take the Bee Rock Trail up to Bee Rock and just introduce myself and say, you know, look, if there's anything to this, yeah. I'm all ears. And nobody showed. <laughs> All right. No, no evidence of the curse. Mike Ebert's author of Griffith Park is Centennial History. Casey Schreiner, founder of the site Modern Hiker and author of Discovering Griffith Park, a, a local's guide. Casey, you know, talk about what makes Griffith Park truly unique in in urban parks in the United States. Right, exactly. And, you know, I just want to uh, dovetail on, on what Mike was saying. I agree 100% um, that uh, Griffith is uh, probably a great example of someone who's maybe not a great person doing some really great things. Um, you know, even after he got out of prison, he wrote a book about his park philosophy. And one thing you can really glean from that is, yeah, there might have been some tax judge reasons for, um, you know, donating the land to the park, but he did really care about city parks. Um, he and his family did a tour of the East Coast and of Europe, and they, you know, they recognized, hey, if you're going to be a major world city, you need to have a world-class park. And when he looked around at LA at that time, um, we didn't really have that. Uh, We had Westlake Park, which is now MacArthur Park, um, and Pershing Square uh, downtown, which was then, I believe, Central Park. 
Um, so Griffith Park, you know, when he donated that land to the park, L.A. instantly had the biggest city park in the country. Um, and at that time, we were very much a uh, kind of a backwater town. Oh, yeah. Uh, I know, mean, the population the, of L.A. was tiny at that point compared to today. It was absolutely tiny. And the park borders weren't even in the city limits of Los Angeles. <laughs> so it was, you know, from the very beginning, it was an unusual donation. Um, what I love about Griffith Park is uh, not only the size of it, as you mentioned, it's, you know, five times bigger than uh, Central Park in New York. It's four times bigger than Golden Gate in San Francisco. Um, but in contrast to what we think of when we think of city parks, it's incredibly rugged. Um, it is the east end of the Santa Monica oh. Mountains mountain range. Um, you know, up until very recently, we had a mature male mountain lion living inside the park. Um, it's incredibly wild. And I think in a way that gets underestimated by visitors, especially, and even Angelinos as well. We'll continue our conversation with Casey, Casey Schreiner, founder of Modern Hiker, the site and author of Discovering Griffith Park, a local's guide. Peter in Santa Monica would like to hear about the equestrian history of Griffith Park. Well, we will get to that when we continue with our guests. It's our Monday Southern California history segment focused on Griffith Park. We'll be back in one minute. It's Air Talk. I'm Larry Mantle. The history of Griffith Park is our focus with Casey Schreiner and Mike Eberts. We're taking your calls at 866-893-5722. As I mentioned right before the break, Peter in Santa Monica wanting to know about the equestrian history of the park. Casey, share with us a little bit about that, please. Yeah, well, uh, Equestrians have been played uh, or have played a huge, huge role in Griffith Park since since it was founded. Um, you know, one of the one of the other great things about the park is that there are so many different things to do in the park, depending on what you do. Um, in my experience writing the book, um, Discovering Griffith Park, I kind of found that um, people sort of balkanized into their own little areas. So you would find that, you know, the trail runners really knew their section of the park, but they didn't really know about the museums that were in the park. The people who did the museums or maybe the, uh, the scale railways maybe loved their areas of the park but didn't know the equestrian history that much. So if you don't know the equestrian uh, areas of the park, it's kind of on the north side of the park is generally where more of the horseback riding um, culture happens. The Los Angeles Equestrian Center, um, which is just across the L.A. River from the park, is actually part of Griffith Park. Um, and still holds events there today. You can wander in. There's um, horse ranches where you can uh, rent horses uh, to take on side on the uh, the trails on the north side of the park there. Um, and they've been there, you know, even since before L.A. was a city that was around there and through even the Hollywood history. Um, I uh, heard from a lot of the old timer equestrians that there's lots of stories of old Western actors who used to camp out. Um, near the equestrian center, um, you know, for the L.A. River going to the Warner Brothers lot um, to shoot their westerns and then come back to where the equestrian center is, where there used to be a lot more pubs and uh, saloons <laughs> and kind of, uh, you know, get, get a little rowdy and then um, pass out along the river and, and camp out and then go back to work the next day. So that's that's not that long ago in no. L.A. history, but um, it's a really colorful part of it. Well, and that great residential community, which is horse property as well, was the Rancho District of 
Burbank, you know, that's right there as as well. Uh, so let's let's talk about sort of the tension between developing the park and the open space. And and Casey, let me ask you about that first. I mean, is this something in your understanding that has been um, an ongoing debate about how much of the park should be developed with attractions like museums and railroads and pony rides oh, and yes. things versus open space. Oh yes, and this this is baked into the DNA of Griffith Park. I think um, you know, as as Mike mentioned earlier, um, Griffith himself wanted the observatory in there. He wanted the zoo in there. He wanted the Greek theater in there. This was never meant to be a wilderness. Uh, park in the way that sort of we think of wilderness today, you know, post uh, Wilderness Act. Um, but he also really loved and appreciated that undeveloped backcountry chaparral and sage scrub. Um, some of his favorite memories in um, in his book about parks and his journals are just riding horseback through the through the you know the wild hills and canyons with no one else around. And this has been um, a source of tension since the park has been there. And we see that in, um, you know, getting the freeways, the five and the 134 freeways are inside the park. Um, that was a big fight. Uh, there's two landfills that were in the park, which was another huge fight. Um, and, you know, when they pitched the landfills to the park, they were supposed to be usable land for things like uh, lakes and picnic areas and even a hostel at some point. And uh, they're still just they're still just covered up landfills. Um, and we're seeing this even today with, um, uh, you know, the, the L.A. Zoo expansion um, and, and all sorts of things with traffic control, um, parking lots and all sorts of things like that. Um, gondolas, uh, which refuse to go away is a bad yeah, idea for the park. That's, that keeps um, they're, popping they're being pitched again. Yeah. So it's 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 still it's part of the DNA of the park. I think that's always uh, it's always going to be a thing with Griffith Park. And I think uh, people who love and care about Griffith Park, it's an opportunity for you to really have your voice heard and kind of get your input into what you want the park to be in the future. Carly in Los Feliz asks, what's the history of unhoused people uh, being in the park over time? Uh, Mike, you want to speak to that? Uh, yes. In the park's early years, uh, the L.A. River hadn't been channelized yet. So with each wet winter, the river would change its course a little bit. Um, but the early unhoused population was was near the river. Um, uh, during the, the Depression, there was uh, uh, the, the city's recreation department uh, had some housing units for unhoused people across the city. Uh, Griffith Park did, did not get in on that. Uh, after uh, the Second World War, there were some, a few unhoused people in the park. There was a, a, a Korean War veteran who was known for uh, uh, for living there for a number of years. Um, let's see. I remember and, in yeah. the 70s as a kid, you know, because yeah. I went to the park a lot growing up in Beechwood Canyon, there were people in the 70s who were clearly living in the park that you would come across as you're hiking through the area. I mean, my sense is this is sort of, it's been a continuing. Oh, oh issue. yeah, there, there have always been a few. I I, I remember uh, uh, many years ago eating breakfast after a hike, and uh, a fellow, for some reason, needing to show me pictures of his lean-to, which was in a, a a very remote part of the park. All right. Uh, in closing, Casey, I wanted to ask for those who look to hike the park and use it in that way. What are some of the quieter places that you've found to, to be able to, to hike and to run through the park? 
Yes, of course. You know, there are over 40 miles of trails inside Griffith Park. So um, I think most people, when they hike, tend to kind of stick around the observatory um, and Mount Hollywood, which, look, those are beautiful areas. Um, when I lived in Thai Town, that was my go-to. I would hike right up there through Western mm -hmm. Canyon, and that was my that was my go-to trail. But there are so many other hikes in the park. Really, anytime you get away from that area or the Hollywood sign, you're going to find a little bit more uh, peace and quiet. Um, the east side of the park has lots of um, fun trail loops around Beacon Hill, uh, the old L.A. Zoo area, and, and that area. I love that old L.A. Zoo park. area. Hey, thank you so both so much for being with us. Casey Schreiner is author of Discovering Griffith Park, a local's guide, and he founded the site Modern Hiker and Mike Ebert's Griffith Park is Centennial History. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great rest of your day. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.